What's up, everybody? Welcome into TIYF Podcast Wednesday edition, Strictly Fantasy. Welcome in, everybody. My name is Ryan Mulvaney. I'm going to be the host of, your, of today's show, and it's going to be a two-man team tonight. So no no three-man, four-man, five-man teams, just me and Paul. The truth. Paul, how you doing, man? Good, man. You know, just Stephen Clay here, man. You know, we're just uh, here to bring championships like, you know, the Flash Brothers do in Golden State. And, you know, we're going to give them all the info they need today, Ryan. For real. Um, the first gift that comes to my head is the Shaq and Kobe gift. Man. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, but just in case Ant's watching or some, uh, you know, I had to keep it Golden State related. Yeah. Golden State, man. You know what I mean? So, I mean, four championships between those two, man. Hey, I'll take it. You know, I'll take yeah. it. So, it's all um, good. Yeah. So shout out to <laughs> all the TIYF podcasters uh, uh, couldn't make it. You know, you know, Billy, Jose, Ant, we miss you. We need you guys back. But uh, me and Ryan going to hold it down until you guys get back home. Yeah. We got you guys covered tonight. So with that, let's go ahead and hop into the agenda a little bit. Talk about what we're going to cover tonight. Um, I'm thinking this might be a short episode, but now that I'm looking at the show list, it might not. So just tune in. So here we go. Um, first off, we're going to talk about the news. Uh, got a few different bullet points to talk uh, talk about, so that'll probably take us a little bit. Um, lots of stuff happening in the NFL right now. Lots of things to discuss for running backs. Um, you know, got the D-hop news. Got a lot of things we're going to cover. Um, then from there, we're going to talk about rookie quarterbacks. So I'll, to be honest, like the all summer, we haven't really talked about the rookie quarterbacks yet. Um, and I think that's going to be like a really interesting conversation. There's a lot of guys that we can look at. It was a pretty strong QB class this year, so that should be fun. Um, and then the last part of the show, we're going to talk about handcuff running backs. So that's another topic that we haven't really touched on too much so far this summer. Um, definitely think that there's a lot we can cover with handcuff running backs, especially with a lot of the running back news that we're about to talk about here in a minute. But before I go any further... Let's add Jose, oh, the fantasy guru. Boy. What's up, man? Boy. Couldn't make it to work, but you make it to your podcast, though. Huh? Hey, nice to see you, Jose. No, I was feeling a little ill this morning, uh, you know, kind of a little, little cooter bug. <laughs> uh, are you feeling better now? Good enough to pod? Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. So now it's not a two-man team. We got a three-man team. Three Musketeers. So let's do my it. Boy Dray- my boy Draymond joined us. So we good. We still four. We still four chances. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half men. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, so let's just go ahead and hop into the news, guys. So first up on the list, we're going to talk about a couple running backs. Um, the deadline to get a multi-year extension for these running backs has passed. Um, with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. And actually, Tony Pollard was on that list too. Uh, but it sounds like he's going to play on the franchise tag. So, you know, with this, you know, with this holdout, not getting the extension done, um, there's a lot of question marks right now as to whether Saquon and Josh Jacobs are actually going to suit up for week one. Are, is there going to be a holdout? Um, I don't know. What do you think? So, Paul, let's start with you, man. I mean, Josh Jacobs, some, you know, guy on your team. Yeah, man, that's the that's the heart and soul of the Raiders uh, last season. You know, I mean, the guy took the, you know, the, the Russian champ. Just, just put it right there. You got the Russian champ ready to hold out. I mean, the guy deserves his money. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he, he carries the rock over 200 times on close to 250. If not, I mean, he carried the ball a lot. Yeah, it's a big blow to the Raiders, man, because uh, they don't really have anybody else um, behind him that's even proven. There's too many young guys behind him. Um, you don't expect uh, any running back to, to produce what he did. And, you know, even if so, Jimmy G starts the season, 
let's just say he starts the season healthy, he comes in there, you don't have that running game, it could change your whole it could change the whole offense, man. Without a running game like that, it's just bad news. Do you think there's a chance he plays on the tag, or do you think he'll actually hold out? Well, I'm hoping it's not the, a Le'Veon situation where, you know, the Le'Veon Bell back in the day, remember when he, you know, he only had to play so many games to get paid for the season and, and then go ahead and just uh, and then just get released the following season. And then he got that big year, the big contract with the Jets, right? And then, yeah. and then, he, didn't, and then he didn't do anything after that. But uh, <laughs> so hopefully it's not that – it's not something like that. I hope the Raiders maybe – I don't know, maybe something in preseason after all the cuts are done and, you know, they see how much money they have and try to offer him something to get this guy because, I mean, he, he needs to get paid. Yeah, I hear you. And uh, so let's move on to Saquon Barkley. Jose, what do you think with Saquon? Same kind of situation as Jacobs or think there's a chance he plays? <clears throat> uh, I think he plays. I mean, it's unfortunate for sure that they don't get, you know, an extension. They're playing on a little, you know, what is it? What is it they're playing on? The franchise tag? Yeah. You know, they want their money for sure. It's you know, it's you know, upsetting for him, you know, personally. As a fan, you want them to play. As a fantasy fan, you know, you want them to for sure play. But <clears throat> he saw Danny Dimes get paid, and he's been with the team, you know. And he, yeah, he, you know, he tore his ACL, didn't he? And, yeah, he did. Yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. Took, took, him, took him a while to recover. So you can't blame you know, the team. You know, he finally had a good year last year. So you can't really blame the team, you know, for they probably wanted to do, you know, to make sure it wasn't a fluke and have another solid season. But I don't think he's gonna get any any crazy money, even if he did, did even if he did get extended. You see all these teams in the NFL, the franchises are just <clears throat> lowering that lowering that bar for pay for those guys. Uh, I mean, it's a passing league now. And how many how many teams have one running back? Just one, you know, that that solid third round back. I mean, I can't even tell you off, offhand how many. I mean, Derrick Henry. I mean, last year he was still spinning the rock towards the end of the season. Yeah, it's a it's a tough position. You know, it's been I think with the rule changes you've had in the NFL and just the way that offenses have shifted to the passing game. Um, yeah, running backs definitely been devalued. And, you know, the other positions like quarterback and, and wide receiver have seen, you know, double or triple the growth when it comes to their salaries. So the money's got to come somewhere. Um, I mean, look, I at, it, look at look at the Cowboys ahead. situation with Pollard. I mean, they pay the wrong guy, obviously. They paid Zika's money you know, what, 43, four years ago. And Pollard was sitting right behind him, just just waited for his moment to shine. Past yeah. two years, he's been great. And now he, he wanted him to get an extension, you know? But so it sucks for him. You know, he's been doing better than the guy he paid, you know, well, I don't know, Zeke's, you know, actual contract, but he got paid handsomely. Yeah, I saw I saw a stat today that the last so like out of the last like fourteen Super Bowl winners, winning teams, um, you might have seen this that the that's highest awesome. paid, yeah, yeah the highest awesome. paid running back out of that group, I forgot, I think it was like Percy Harvin's at like two and a half million. <laughs> that was like two and a half million was the highest salary out of like the last fourteen Super Bowl teams. Um, he wasn't even a running back. Yeah, he was like a he was like a gadget he was like a hybrid. He was, yeah, yeah. punt return, wide uh, receiver, running back, everything. 
so, what does that tell? so what does that tell you right off that stat, which is crazy? You know what I mean? I mean, you can, you can do it running back by committee. It's just the production you get out of the running back. You know what I mean? But man, they only had average two two million, and these running. I mean, they get, these guys are getting paid ten million dollars. I get it. You know, you're looking out for yourself and your family and your future because we always say it. You know, you're always one hit away from you know ending your career in the NFL. But man, ten million dollars. I mean, for a running back, that's that's still a pretty steep price these days. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's you know this is just my opinion. I I think there's some merit to that, like of just beefing up the line, having an elite passing game, and just doing an RB by committee with you know minimum player guys. But you know, it wouldn't shock me if like sometime in the future, right? Like we get five, ten years down the road, and some team like figures out the formula of using an elite running back and making it, you know, this massive weapon. Um, like, you know, it could be like the Niners this year, right? With CMC, if they just are so efficient and, you know, having CMC be elite, um, I mean, they, you know, they might buck the trend and actually win a Super Bowl this year with a, with a running back that's making like 16 million or whatever it is. So it's a tough spot. I, I what I think is also interesting too, is the stalemate at play. Like, like it's kind of we're seeing all these like unions going on strike and stuff, and you got these players that, you know, are a potential holdout. Um, mm-hmm. Something's got to give at some point, right? Like, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, that's yeah. that's a good that's a good topic. I've uh, you know, uh, some lonely nights with my bottle in my hand. I've talked about you know, uh, franchise tag. I guess the last. <laughs> you know, I talked about the last bargain agreement they had. I guess the players didn't want the franchise tag, but they they still, you know, voted for it to have it. I mean, they don't want it so bad, but every year keep voting, you know, you know, what so passes through. So I mean, if they don't want it, you know, make sure you know, they go on their strike. The little bargain agreement, make sure they take it off. I mean, they they want their money, and it's it makes sense. I mean, look, look at Tony Pollard. He got drafted late, not getting paid, and he watches you know B. John Robinson coming here. Top pick, getting all this money, hasn't even played it down yet. You know, yeah, he, he got his money because he was drafted as a rookie high, but then, you know, Pollard's already been on a solid team contributing, playoff, you know, factor, everything, and he can't even get his money. Yeah. You know, I mean, should we should we pay the rookies less? We're going to get their, you know, get, get their contract. But we went through the whole fiasco already with the rookie pay scale because they're getting paid substantial amounts, you know, maybe like 10 years ago. Then they structured that contract, you know. However, they did for them because when they got drafted. Yeah, it's a good point. It almost it almost feels like the rookie running back should be like compensated, you know, a lot more <laughs> since the peak production. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, we know that. we know the the shelf life of running backs right. isn't that long. No, four or five you, years. You, you, know. you get drafted at twenty, twenty-one years old, twenty-two. You got a solid five, six years in you contract, depending on where you drafted. Only it's only four or five years. So you only got literally maybe two solid years left in you. And in the NFL knows that. They give you a four or five year contract after that again. They they know they messed up. And if you're good enough, you're gonna get that rookie contract, that fifth year extended. So you you're playing on a rookie contract for five years. <laughs> and you and you know, by the time you get that sixth year, uh, yeah, we ain't gonna pay that. Well, that's that's Barkley right now. Yeah, I don't know if you guys feel the same either, but I kind of feel like this is just a start. Like, it's a safe one. It's just Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard this season. Next season, it'll be, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Jacob Dobbins, 
um, you know, those guys, Deion, well, DeAndre Sparty got traded, but, um, you know, those kind of guys that, you know, that, you got those, that crop, that 2020 crop of running backs coming up next, Cam Akers, JT, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and then after that, you're going to have, like, you know, another set. And so, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. There were also some comments on Twitter, too, of other running backs, like, chiming in and just talking about, like, how it sucks, you know, being tagged like that and just not being able to get your contract and stuff. So I think yeah, I've seen that thread. On, I, think I, I think I've seen that thread. Someone similar probably talking about uh, – it was, like, uh, Derrick Henry, like, uh, uh, Eckler. Like, hell, hell, the top running backs in the league were saying that that wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of them. JT Eckler, um, they all chimed in. Yeah, it's the, you know. Hopefully, they figured it out. Figure it out at some point, but uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. So uh, next up, let's talk about a couple other running backs: Brees uh, Hall, Isaiah Pacheco, both on the pup list. Uh, Pacheco is on the pup list for, I believe, a hand injury, like a, possibly a broken bone um, and a shoulder issue with the labrum. Uh, but I don't think he's in doubt for week one. sounds like he'll probably make it for week one and be okay. Um, and then Brees Hall is – I can't remember what the injury. I think it's just rehab from the previous ACL injury. So he's on the pup list right now. Um, I don't think there's any doubt he'll be in play for week one, but still, you know, something to keep an eye on. You guys have any thoughts on these guys being on the pup list? It's still early. Um, I think you just, you just never know. I mean, I, I the first thing I heard about uh, – uh, pistachio. I didn't. I haven't heard anything about it. It must be brand new. It just happened today. Yeah, I yeah, I just heard about it today. Yeah, I mean it's still early. You guys, he's got a lot of time to heal. Uh, I think that's one of those ones that's just it's early. It's just up early news coming out, but by the time by the time week one comes, I think that it's gonna go. Yeah. For those who don't know, pistachio is uh that man uh, that beast Pacheco. <laughs> From the Chiefs, yeah. RB one for the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, uh, <laughs> if it's his hand or shoulder, he'd be all right. I mean, you obviously need your legs. You need your whole body as a running back, but he'd be all right. You need your, your knees and your legs more than anything. But that boy Hall, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not touching him in the draft whatsoever. I mean, yeah, towards ACL, towards ACL in October. When 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 did he have a surgery? I mean, I, we can Google it, but I don't yeah, even know. It was in the middle of it, like in the middle of the season, but yeah. He, <laughs> Week seven is when he got injured. Yeah. He's not, he's not built like uh, Saquon Barkley. So, and it took Saquon Barkley a whole year just to kind of figure it out and come back from that injury. So, and, then, and, and then the thing with the, the PUP list, they won't play all, they won't play all, uh, it's only three games now in preseason. Probably won't play at all. You know, he'll be, he'll keep saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to play, play the first game, first game. And here's four days before the season starts. And it says, oh, yeah, he's going to be on the PUP list, you know, for the next six weeks. <laughs> you drafted a guy yeah. second round, third round. He's not playing for, you know, three quarters, of, you know, one third of the season. Like, oh, hell no. That's that's the risk. Yeah, he ends up on the IR automatically on your roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, you know, the thing, let's, I'll talk a minute for about Brees, about Brees Hall. Outside of the injury, I kind of still have some concerns about that offense. I, I, like, I think the offense is going to be good. But Brees Hall in particular, I don't know if it's going to quite be the same. I mean, number one, coming off the injury. Number two, you have Aaron Rodgers at the helm, along with the new cropper receivers. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Lazard. Um, 
I don't know. I just don't know what what Hall's role is going to look like on top of the rehab and everything else. So like, yeah, it, that's a tough pick, especially um, if he's going like in the second or third round. And you got to really think about it. So, yeah. I, I mean, let, let, let's say you know Hall is out for you know the first six weeks. Let's just say, in, in, you know, knees still acting up on him. You know, he's you know playing behind you know the four time MVP Mister Rogers over there. This guy, you know, he's he's always had some good running backs behind him, you know. And do you think he wants was it Michael Michael Carter over there? Who else is who else is behind there? Donovan Knight. Donovan, Donovan Knight. Knight. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, What's wrong you know, with Donovan might, Knight. He, he no, I'm just saying, hey, hey, Aaron Rodgers ain't got that many years left in him. He he wants that that one ring again. He might have to make a phone call to you know Dalvin Cook, you know, a veteran running back, and say, hey, I need to suit up. Come to training camp for a little bit. Help us out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there the Jets have been in some of the rumors, too, about, like, Dalvin Cook. I saw um, and some of the other guys, you know, the veteran backup running backs. I, I could definitely see, like, if Hall does – let's say he does actually stay on the pup list going into the season, um, they'll probably pick somebody up. You know, who's – I mean, Zeke is still out there. Uh, yeah. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Like you know, they'll get one of those guys, uh, or might even go get go get a Le'Veon Bell again. I don't know. Yeah, I... <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> oh man. All right. So yeah, um, you know, Pacheco. I'm not really concerned. He'll be. I think he'll be ready week one. Hall. We'll have to monitor it. You know. I don't know. There's not too much to to see for right now. Still early, like Paul said. So next up on the news. Uh, speaking of more running backs, Patriots working out a set of, of new RBs. So, uh, Paul, who are they working out, man? I missed it on the, on the <laughs> oh, chat. Oh, we got um, – those are one of the guys that are really high on Dalvin Cook over there. Um, they said it uh, – the report I read, it, it went really well. Uh, also with Leonard Fournette, and they also had uh, Daryl Henderson were the three oh. running backs. Um, <clears throat> I mean – I don't know about the Daryl Henderson. I mean, he's always been that running back that's just like he has a good week, or maybe it wasn't the right offense for him. But you know, if you go to if you go over there with with the Patriots, you know, it's you never know who's going to get the ball at some point. I mean, compared to like last year, I guess it was only uh, Ramondre Stevenson and uh, and and Harris. You know, and then when one got hurt, it kind of just took a blow. But historically, it's always been a, a crapshoot with those with those New England running backs. So let's just say if any of them go down there, you know, it's just like, you know, you don't know. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, is there any running back that you guys prefer, like, out of the, that group, Henderson, Cook, uh, Fournette? Like, would any of them be draftable for you guys if they land on the Patriots? Well, let's, let's first take it back. There's uh, Ramondre Stevens there, in there already. So you already know what he brings to the table. So what out of those running backs, I mean, if you're looking for the cheaper way out, I mean, you, you pick up Daryl Henderson because you think uh, Stevenson's going to get the bulk of the load, right? And, yeah, he's uh, he's a serviceable, uh, serviceable running back that can get the job done at times. So um, in my eyes, I don't think you bring a Delvin Cook. I think Delvin Cook wants too much money. Um, maybe you bring that Leonard Fournette. That's, that's that big running back, and it's just going to – that goal line type of running back, uh, back when they had uh, what Legarrette Blunt, didn't they have him back in the day? Mm-hmm. That, uh, that bulldozer and just stayed right there at the one yard line. They don't got Tom Brady to you know go over the top anymore. 
So and then we go back old school and bring that big bruiser in there and you know use Fournette as that that three down or goal line situation. In my eyes, I think Legarrette Blunt. I mean, uh, Leonard Fournette would be probably the pick. I almost feel like Fournette and Stevenson are kind of the same guy. Like they're both big, big receiving backs. Like, yeah, Jose, what do you think? As long as Bill Belichick is there, ain't none of them guys signing. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you ain't starting, you either playing or you contributing to a field goal uh, squad, you on a punt return squad, you on something. If you're not starting, you're doing something else. So, I mean, I, mean, I don't see Fournette going back and helping return kicks and being a blocker. You know what I'm saying? I don't see Dalvin Cook doing that. They ain't going to just sit behind somebody. You know, they going to sit behind Roger Stevenson for – He's he's three down back, so they're not gonna sit there behind him all season not doing nothing. And that's just my personal opinion for the show. <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, so I guess the last question before we leave this piece of news is: Let's say they do. Let's just say they they get Leonard Fournette, right? Does it do anything to Ramondre Stevenson's draft value for you guys? Does it lower his value? Does it just stay the same? Uh, Ramondre right now, and most of the mocks I'm seeing, he's kind of like a round two, early round three guy, depending on your format. I don't, I don't think it affects him whatsoever. I mean, he can do it all. You know, Fournette, he's at his time to shine when he's on the Jags. You know, you, you want a little rank with, with Brady and you know, on the Bucks, But, I mean, he was getting beat up by, by what was it, Rashad White on the Bucks. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, so I don't think he'll beat out. You know, obviously, reminder, I didn't even be able to steal any carries unless this guy ran, you know, a 90-yard run and was short from the goal. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Does it change anything for Stevenson? I think if it's Henderson, I don't think it changes anything. But I, I think if it's any of the other two, I think it does change it. I think, you know, you don't bring one of those two running backs in there and don't think that they're going to get a piece of five. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, touchdowns. You take touchdowns away from them. I mean, that's, that's big. You know, that's big points in fantasy. You know what I mean? They take a two-touchdown game away from him. You're like, ah, oh, the guy only had three carries, but he had two he had both touchdowns. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? That's, that's that's the worst part to think about it. But, I mean, I think if it's one of those two, yeah, I think it does kind of put a little bit of hurt on that, on Stevenson's draft. Yeah. You know, the, the more I think about this, the more it kind of just dawns on me that Henderson, Fournette, and Cook, they're all kind of the same type of running back. They kind of have some size. They have some passing ability or some receiving ability. And um, it's just interesting to me. Like, it's almost like they're looking for that somewhat like James White type guy behind Stevenson. And so, like, it kind of like what you said, Paul, like if one of those guys does get picked up, I think it – I don't think it drastically changes what I would think about Stevenson and, and fantasy, but it's definitely going to have an effect. And I, and I could definitely see a scenario, especially with Bill Belichick, where we go in the next season and it's a it's the playing time is like 50-50 or like, you know, 55-45 and all of a sudden like totally wrecked our value on Stevenson <laughs> yeah. or something crazy like that. Um, shoot, I even think even take those guys out of the equation, I wouldn't be shocked if Pierre Strong got some playing time behind Stevenson. Being a second year back now, I know they like him. And that dude's got a ton of receiving chops. Like, wouldn't shock me if he was like a James White type player. So, yeah, I, you know, I think it's noteworthy. I'll put it that way. Like, this whole. Yeah, I think uh, Strong had one good game, and I think he got hurt. But the one game he played, he had like 
100 yards and a touchdown yeah. or two touchdowns. And then I think Stevenson came back or something. I don't know what happened, but I know he had one good game and everybody picked him up off the waivers. And that was <laughs> yeah. it out of him. <laughs> yeah. But that was yeah, it. Never, yeah, you never know. Flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. Last piece of news we have DeAndre Hopkins signs a contract, two year contract with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I know we were talking about this one last week. I know I was talking about it with somebody. Um, so D hop with the Titans. I'll give my opinion first real quick. I kind of like it in the sense that he didn't go to like another situation and ruin a top flight wide receiver, like, like a, you know, to the bills and taking targets away from <laughs> Stefan Diggs or, you know, whatever else to name that scenario. Um, and I also do, I, I personally, I, I think that it signals, the Titans, they may not be good this year, but I think they're still going to go for it with Tannehill, Derrick Henry, D Hop as your number one, Traylon Burks as your number two, um, and Chigo Kongwu as your tight end. I think they're at least going to try to be competitive, which I think is a good sign for Derrick Henry. Um, so, what do you guys think, Jose? Let's start with you, man. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's we know. I mean. I've always seen, you know, obviously Hopkins and, you know, playing against the Niners, but when he first came out with the Texas, man, the guy was a certified, you know, baller. I do catch anything, you know, and, and obviously his season getting a little, you know, a little old, a little, little old, man, a little snaggle tooth over there. <laughs> but he's, he's playing with a top running back, and he, he's might get a little single coverage over there. And the only thing that sucks, man, you got Tannehill throwing it, you know. And then after that, they had the rookie quarterback that the last year. I forget his name off the top of my head, but <clears throat> I mean, he, I seen another post that said, "Wide receivers, veteran wide receivers, go to, to the Titans to die." Yes, I saw the same one. So, I was so gonna that, that shit had me dying. That had me dying. <laughs> yeah, 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 it showed, it showed like a slide of ten, like a ten wide receivers, and it was pretty true. It was pretty true. But I mean. He can still ball out for sure. It just, you know, as, as a fan of the NFL, just to see him play with Tannehill in his career, you know, it kind of sucks for sure. Yeah, I was kind of hoping he'd go to the Chiefs. Like, I thought it'd been cool if he yeah, went there. Yeah, uh, I want that. <laughs> I mean, he, he has everything. Everybody knows he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. The guy has crazy numbers. He has everything but a ring. I mean, did he just chase the money? He could have he went to anywhere and just play for cheap, you know? That's just me personally. I mean, he could have won to your contract. He could have won two championships with the with the, with the Chiefs if he wanted to. I mean, imagine they had it. They went with they went with some nobodies last year. Our receiver, they throw Hopkins in there too. But come on, man. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got to get got to get paid. Got to get paid. So I feel it. Paul, what do you think, man? Uh, I think it's good news for uh, Derrick Henry. That think mm-hmm. it opens up the box a little bit. I mean. It's still DeAndre Hopkins, you know. You still got to, you still can't just throw one guy out there. I mean, you got to, you got to double him, especially in Tennessee like that. Um, but I want to ask you guys this question: DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, now that we know where he's at, I know I think uh, Trey's got a fifth round keeper on him. I mean, is that the, is that the spot he goes? Is that is it? I mean, I think he's still getting value out of you know number five there. What do you guys think of that? That's a no. good question. Yeah, I, I think you know, I I think fifth round's not bad actually. He's he's the wide receiver. He's gonna be the wide receiver one, and he has a really accurate quarterback with Tannehill. 
um, and a, you know, a stud running back that's going to take a lot of attention in the box. So I think it's not bad, actually. Like, like say if Trey didn't keep him in the fifth, I think D-Hop would definitely be gone by the fifth. Like, he would probably be like a fourth-round pick or something. I, I say I say fifth for sure. Anything between five and seven. All of a sudden, you, you start fifth round, you start looking at those names that are left as wide receivers. And then you're like, ooh, Hawkins is looking pretty good right now. Because yeah. you know, hey, if I'm picking fifth, he's not going to probably won't be back around six. You know, and then you start playing those mind games. I think he's a lock to be a wide receiver too, for sure. Like he's going to give you solid production, you know, may not blow the doors off, but you know, I think he's going to be good. And then also with the playoff, I mean, you got a sleeper with Trey Burns coming back a little bit healthy, opens up the window for him being a wide receiver too there in Tennessee and not taking all the coverage, you know, and now you got, you got people worrying about Derek Henry and you got people worrying about Hawkins. Trey Burns had a somewhat of an okay season last, uh, last year before he got hurt. He had, he had a couple of games where he shined a little bit. Uh, so that would be interesting to see also there, you know, see his fantasy value maybe maybe rise a little bit if, uh, if you look at it another way. But, yeah, I mean, D-Hop, man, Tennessee, it's just a rough one, man. You know, I don't – yeah, you don't expect him to be a wide receiver one in fantasy just because of where he's going with Tannehill. We all know how Tannehill is. Injuries. Um, it's just a rough one, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad Trey's got him and, and, that, and that's his problem. <laughs> I just, man, I can't get over Derrick Henry, man. Like, he, I just think he put up almost 300 fantasy points last season. If you would have missed that last week or week 17, he would have had over 300 with a, with a crappy O line and like corpses at wide receiver. <laughs> like, like, and he still put up monster numbers. So, like, I think this year they got a better receiving core with year two, Traylon Burks and D Hop. Um, man, I, I don't see why Henry wouldn't, you know, be a stud again. <laughs> Does he so. jump up there? I mean, he's been pretty low. Derrick Henry's been on the, the rankings or the the draft position. I mean, does he, I mean, of course that helps him. So, I mean, you'll probably see it in your mock drafts going up a little bit. Yeah, I I, I still think pretty highly of him. But it it's the fear with Henry. It's the fear of, of holding, of of catching that, that knife that's falling, right? Like, it's like, is this, is this going to be the year where he just, like, falls off a cliff? Kind of yeah. like you thought about uh, uh, Travis Kelsey last season, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. And uh, it was totally the wrong call. So it happens. All right. So that's it for the news, guys. We covered a few topics. Pretty good stretch there. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and get into some rookie quarterbacks. So this is going to be our first time talking about rookie quarterbacks extensively this summer. Um, and it's actually a perfect time. We're, we're getting close to draft seasons. We need to start paying attention to some of the rookie quarterbacks that have come in. I Honestly, like in our leagues, I feel like they get overlooked a lot unless they were drafted by the Niners, like Trey Lance, which at that point, that dude's going to go in like the seventh or eighth round. <laughs> but uh, in this case, you know, we're not talking about these guys at all. So who do we got and who are we going to talk about? So looking at the list here. Um, we, you know, starting with the number one overall pick, we have uh, Bryce Young. We have C.J. Stroud with Houston Texans. We have the fourth pick, which was uh, Richardson. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name, but uh, Richardson. And then, uh, yeah, and then Will Levis in the second round for the Titans. So those were, at the time during the draft, <laughs> those were the top four quarterbacks that we were looking at. We 
were all surprised, or at least I was surprised that left his fill to the second round. Uh, but I think he landed, you know, an okay spot with the Titans. We'll see what happens. But let's start with Bryce Young, guys. So what do we think about Bryce Young and Carolina Panthers? They traded picks to get up to the number one spot to get him. I'm assuming he's probably going to be the starter. I don't think there's anybody behind him that's going to possibly compete for that spot. Sounds like in, in the uh, mini camps and everything, it's basically just Bryce Young. Um, so what do we think? Does he have a chance to have a good year? He's probably going to be mediocre for fantasy. I'm going to start. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be that great. After seeing that clip that a fan made, uh, that was a you know <laughs> a reporter or some type of Twitter feed guy in that, you know, I don't know what he was, but he showed how small he was. I mean, <laughs> that dude hey, was. On, wait, wait. Before, before you give me everything, let me tell you what he's got, though, man. You got Bryce Young. You got Miles Sanders at the running back. All right. You got DJ Chart at the number one or DJ Chart and Adam Thielen catching uh, the football. Um, Jonathan Mingo is the wide receiver three. And then you got Hayden Hurst as the tight end. But look at, think about all his, all his weapons he has. Now go ahead and continue. Now let me hear what you got to say. You got a better chance of winning the game picking somebody out of the stands and get sued that day. <laughs> Did you hear those names that you said? He's like, who? Jonathan Mingo, that's the, the slot receiver. Are you kidding me? Oh, um, what I want to know is is this is Bryce Young? Is he a legit five nine? <laughs> I think he's five nine with cleats. With cleats, same height as me and Billy. Uh, uh, five six, and he's not here to defend himself. So I'll go ahead and say that well, uh, oh, on the spot. I mean, five nine. I mean, he ain't five so he's nine. probably he's probably five eleven with the helmet on. Like, <laughs> I'm just say, being hey, honest. Hey, Jose, I've never heard that. Hey, he's five nine. Pump him up hey. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so he's hey. five nine with the helmet and with the cleats. Five nine. No, hey. hey. And he has to see past that O line. I mean, we could probably just Google. Probably his probably his center is probably a six foot five. You know, I mean, the, the center bending over is taller than him. So like, like, do you have so much problems out there? I mean, I mean, like, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm not trying to knock the guy. Just he's so he's so damn small, and these hits they ain't no joke. I mean, it's gonna be a feast. He get he start using his legs gets gets down to open, he better you better perfect that slide, dive or something. Because if he gets hit, it's gonna be a wrap. That would probably be my number one concern about him. Is even more than the height is the the weight and just getting sacked. You know that for me personally. Um, just to throw some stuff out here, I've been doing some some deep dives into quarterback these uh, rookie quarterbacks and just looking at their scheme fits and things like that. And some of the stuff that I've read about Bryce Young so far through the mini camps is even despite the height, he hasn't had too much trouble throwing the ball over, over the middle. Um, and he's been, you know, pretty successful. And then I guess his, uh, you know, his football IQ or his like passing prowess and navigating Shit. through the pocket. Right, they're going half, they're going half fast. No, nah, hey, hey, they're doing, hey, they're doing, they're doing, hey, they're doing seven on seven. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I'm just saying, Nobody in the middle tries to bat that ball down. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, like I think there's definitely concerns with the weight. Like if he takes, I don't know, one good shot from like Miles Garrett, that might be the end of him. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, they traded up for him. But I, the concerns you guys are saying, I, you know, it makes sense. 
Paul, what do you think, man? Yeah, just with with his surrounding unit as a rookie quarterback. Ah, oh, man, there's yeah, like Jose said, I I don't even know some of these guys. Like his third wide receiver. I mean, yeah, we all know Miles Sanders. He had a, he had a he had a injury uh, the injury bug in his first four years of his career, and then he's got Hubba Bubba backing him up. And then you know, I don't. I mean. I mean, we're talking about Adam Thielen. He's not hes not the same Adam Thielen he was when he first was the Vikings. And then you got D.J. Chark, guy. I mean, he had a, he was coming back from injury last season, and, you know, he, he showed some signs. But there's no other star on that team to help him, you know, be at least great or even kind of good. I mean, no help, man. No help for a rookie quarterback, which, which was hurt. Hopefully they invested a lot in that offensive line. And, I mean, that's, the, that's one of the big keys. I mean, you can you can have a receiver run out there for ten seconds, and I'm sure he'll find himself open. But there ain't no there ain't no O line in the NFL that's holding some defense for ten seconds. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I hear you guys. It's gonna be, I think it's gonna be rough. Like most what most rookie quarterbacks come out, and they usually don't start you know their way off in the NFL that great. Um, the weapons are sparse, and then you know what they had to give up to move up to number one spot, giving up mm-hmm. DJ Moore. Um, I would have preferred that they had kept DJ Moore <laughs> if yeah. possible, but yeah, it's. Does, I, does he finish? Does he finish the season a full season? Does he? What do you think? Is he going to play a full season or is he here? Good question. <laughs> Probably not. More <laughs> <than that. laughs> yeah, I'm like thinking. I'm thinking about it as like a bet, like the over under. Does he finish? Like, just does he f- play a full 17 games? I don't know, man. I think it's a toss up. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it. If I had to put, if I was a bed man, that's the one. I. I. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets caught once, yeah, it's it's concerning, for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and roll over to our next one on the list. So Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud goes number two overall. Um, I don't really hear that many people talking about C.J. Stroud, but I, you know, I, I think the talent is great. Um, he's gonna have opportunity. Probably will be a day one starter. Be my guess. Um, he has some weapons, you know. I I don't know. Well, I guess I'll, you can I'll compare. Let, I'll, I'll tell you his, his uh yeah his surrounding unit here. He's got uh Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary as his running back, RB one and two. He's also got uh Nico Collins, Robert Woods, and John Mechie the third as his wide receivers. And then he's got Dalton. Schultz. My boy Damian Pierce in the back. So I mean, those those are his surrounding crew again. There are a couple names I know. Uh, a little bit better, I think, with running back because um, you got two running backs. I think Devin Singletary and uh, Damian Pierce is a good one-two punch there um, because you get a, you ha- as a rookie quarterback, you have to kind of lean a little bit heavier on the running game to help you, you know, set up that play action uh, as a rookie. So, I mean, the surrounding crew, what do you, what do you feel about that? You know, now that I think about it, that – the supporting cast for the Houston Texans and Stroud compared to the Panthers, I think they're kind of similar, man. <laughs> like it's really, they're kind of in the same situation really, um, except for we can look at their coaching, you know, the coaching staff, they have a defensive minded coach with the Texans and D'Amico Ryans. And then you have Frank Reich with the Panthers. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some scheme differences. Um, and then at wide receiver, I don't know if you'd give the edge to Carolina with DJ Chark and Adam Thielen or Houston Texans. You don't, like Nico, you don't like Nico Collins and Robert Woods? I mean, Nico Collins, <laughs> all right. Woods, man, I, he hasn't been relevant for a couple years. 
in fantasy. Um, and I know they got a couple rookies too. They got uh, John Mechie and Tank Dell, but man, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for both these guys, in my opinion. <laughs> That's, uh, I'll give them the edge. I'll give the Texans the edge in the running back room, though. Jose, what do you think, man? You gonna you gonna draft CJ Stroud this year? Nah, I wouldn't draft him. I think he'll have a better season though than his uh, best friend over there playing in Carolina. You guys are not know they are like best friends. But, uh, yeah, I guess they grew up together, played the same school, whatever. Then are best friends, but uh, I mean, I think he'll have a better season. The Texans, I think, just overall have a better supporting cast, even though they're not household names, just overall better. I'm not saying they're all-stars or anything like that. I mean, obviously, I have a brand-new coach. Um, you know, and also with uh, rookie quarterbacks, they tend to go a lot to, to the tight ends and, and running back game. So, I mean, if it's Damian Pierce, he might have a monster season. He could. I mean, they don't, they don't want you know, they want to hide all the uh, imperfections of the, of the quarterback, you know. <laughs> I mean, they don't want to have a guy you know sitting back in the pocket throwing forty times a game. It's not going to be a good look. So I mean, I know DeMar, uh, you know Ryan's Rico Ryan's is a good coach, so he should be able to coach that team up pretty good. You know, we'll see what happens. I have, I have more faith in him than uh, Frank Wright, that's for sure. Yeah, just remember too, they also have Dalton Schultz at tight end. So, and remember, D'Amico Ryan's played for that for that uh, Texas team. You know, so I mean, he's he's gonna go out there and give it his all as a coach. You know, for for his you know the city, the staff, and everybody. So, which out of those two teams, which two like which one do you think has the better defense? Oh, for sure. I mean, the Panthers got what's his name? That lineman. What's his name? I forget his name. With the top lineman in the league on the defense. Yeah, see, I don't know. <laughs> He's a, I didn't know their defense was good last season. It was probably yeah. top 10-ish, I think. If not. But now with D'Amico over there on the Texans, I mean, I don't know any of their names, but they're going to be coached up real quick. <clears throat> I think it takes a year before that, that Texans defense is like, okay, now we know about the Texans defense. They got a lot of young talent. I think I give the edge to Carolina with a better defense. Yeah, that's what it kind of seems like. Um, you're right, Paul. They they do have some young pieces from what I've seen, um, but it'll take some time. They were they were a total pass funnel defense last season. Like you could, you know, or actually, I believe take that back. They were a run funnel run. defense. Yeah, you would run. Like, you would run against them forty times a game. 50 yeah. times and keep running yeah. the ball. Just keep running the ball. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I think it was like week seventeen. The Jags played the Texans, and uh. That was like the absolute worst week to start Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback because uh, it's like just 10, all, 15 times. yeah, it's just all <laughs> runs. Yeah, uh, crazy. All right, so let's go to the next one on the list. Uh, the list, and this one's going to be in- interesting. So with the fourth pick going to the Colts, you have Anthony Richardson. Um, what I've heard is probably the best athletic prospect at quarterback ever. Like from a testing standpoint, even better than like Cam Newton, those kind of guys. So even better than Jamarcus. That's what I. That's just what I've heard. I don't know, but <laughs> the guy. I mean, the, I mean, you did better than Jamarcus, Jose. 
You ain't lying. <laughs> um, what I've read is like he's kind of like having Derrick Henry at quarterback. So, Anthony Richardson, Paul, what do you think, man? I think he has the best chance. I think he probably has the best chance to be the most successful uh, quarterback just because he has um, the run, like the, the running. I know the other quarterback will run, but this guy can actually take a hit or two. I mean, he's built a little bit bigger, kind of like the Justin Fields kind of type. Um, I don't know if he's as fast as Justin Fields, but I know this guy's going to kind of just take the ball and, and he might even run over a corner or two, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, I mean, he has that that aspect where he could he could take the ball and run with it and take a hit. Uh, with the other with the other two quarterbacks they're a little bit smaller and you don't want them to take hits. So um, if you add that, he's going to run the ball a lot. I feel like you know on the goal line he's going to get a lot of a lot of this, you know quarterback sneaks. Um, I, yeah, I think he just has uh, the better chance to be successful there and the supporting cast there. I mean he's got a top he's got a top running back out there with uh, JT at Indianapolis. I mean the receivers were I mean somewhat decent there too so I, I just yeah just the supporting cast compared to the other two for sure uh yeah he he should have the, uh, the best chance to there you feel the same Jose nah I think he's a bust <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude just the guy came out of nowhere talking, they always had that they, they always... compared to running uh, the other rookies no, I'm just. I think I'll be a bust. You don't think he's gonna be. A, you don't think he's gonna be better than nope. the other two? Nope. Nope. I'm just me personally. Every year, every year, there's that quarterback that gets hyped up in the draft, and somehow the scouts never saw him, and all of a sudden now they're all looking at him, and the guy just miraculously gets picked. You know, top ten. Never heard of him. I mean, I'm just being honest. And every every highlight they show is like. Five five plays. That's it. The guy didn't, that's it. It's all the guys. Five highlights in college. Well, he didn't throw the ball, man. I told you, he, all he did was run. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like yeah. this has this is coming from some like Trey Lance PTSD or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we we on, we on that big cock Brock train now. I bet I bet you on it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the lead. Oh yeah, you right in the front. You right in the front. Hey. I got the right. tip by two hands. Yikes. <laughs> uh, the viewers. Are yeah, but that just me. I mean, if he does great, obviously that's great for him. But I just think, it's unfortunately, you no, know, the hype, hype. I mean, if you would have got picked, let's say, third, fourth round, I mean, no one would care if he, if he did decent, you know. But <laughs> a top five pick? What was a top ten pick? Come on, man. You got to go out there and ball. Like, if he would have switched, like, like he got picked in the second round instead of, uh, instead of uh, Will Levis. Like, like then if he's a second-round pick, then it's not too much of a hype for it, right? Correct, correct, correct. It's not, it's not too much. But, yeah, going – what do you go? Number four? Yeah, number four. You went four? There you go. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I think they traded up for him, too. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, you know, one question I have is, like, do we think Anthony Richardson starts the season, or is it Gardner Minshew as a starter? That, that's another one. I I mean, I think Gardner Minshew still starts, but I think you know once you get to a certain point, uh, I mean, okay, it's it's the Anthony Richardson show now. We got to give him his time to develop. Maybe it's you know a couple of weeks in. You know, maybe they wait a little longer until they until they see some, or they're just tanking and they haven't won a game in like five in five weeks and they're over five or they're one 
they're one and four. <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to turn the side, you know. Uh, it just depends on how short of a leash they're doing. I mean, if Gardner Mitchell's out there winning games, you can't you can't make that change. But okay. Yeah, yeah you, start, you start you start one and three, man. You start hearing the chants for him. You lose one yeah. game. You lose one game. Oh, we need a new quarterback. Ah, <laughs> I was just whoa. about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not even ha- halftime. It's a wrap. <laughs> but you know, I-, I could also see the flip side where it's Gardner Minshew, man. He comes out, they're like four and four, you know, or they're like five and three or something. And then they're like, well, you know, do we make the switch? <laughs> like, yeah, but you don't pull the plug on that. You're still you're still fighting for it. That's still yeah. solid. You know what I mean? That's still, yeah. you're still doing good. You put the rookie yeah, that's, in there first game and he tanks, you're just giving up your season. You know, that's that's a winnable that's a winnable division by any of those teams. You know, so I mean like I think I think you throw the, the rookie quarterback in there, it's a for sure, you know, decline your chances. I mean, Minshew's been around, he knows he knows what to do. Yeah. You know, he's He's, he's won some good games here and there. Yeah, you can't knock right. his, little, his little tiny career he's had. So I, got, I got two more questions for you guys on this whole situation with Anthony, Anthony Richardson. So let's say, okay, let's say they start off with Gardner Minshew, right, at the beginning of the season. Is that better? So for fantasy purposes, is that better for Jonathan Taylor than having Anthony Richardson? Like would you be more – so let's say we know right now – Gardner Minshew is the week one quarterback for the Colts. Is that raise Jonathan Taylor's stock for fantasy or lower it? Yeah, that, that raises it easily because, you know, if he can go out there, he can stop the rock. Anthony Richardson is not coming in. He's not coming into this league and he hasn't shown that he can throw the ball yet. He's one of those running quarterbacks that you have to bring uh, another one in the box. And then if you bring it in the box, so now you're, you're just you're just hurting John uh, Taylor's value there because you know they're just gonna stop the run. So Minshew, yes, because he's, he can spread it out and he can get it out to those receivers. So yeah, it's definitely. What about you, Jose? Is it good for Jonathan Taylor, Minshew starts. <clears throat> yeah, Minshew starts, yeah. Uh, you 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 know at the team you you want to them the drives to continue. You know, short short distance drives. Either either ball or running back, you know, it's second and third, second to fifth, you know, even third and two. You know, with the rookie quarterback, you know, you might end up third and long, second and long. You know, JT's not gonna get the ball. You know, we we know that. Second and thirteen, you know, he's not gonna get the ball. Third and ten, he's not gonna get the ball. So I mean, if he gets Mitchell in there, you know, veteran quarterback, you know, he can for sure help him out. Extend the drives. <laughs> they might not win no games. But I mean, just for JT, you know, for his little career he's having, yeah. For fantasy, all we care about is, is correct. You know, we correct. don't care about yeah. they don't win no games. Correct. They can go all in seventeen. I can care less. But if he has two thousand yards, that's great. Yeah, I kind of so like I have some nuanced thoughts about this. I think <clears> I, <throat> I generally I agree with you guys. I think that if we know Minshew starts, I think you can raise the stock of Jonathan Taylor a little bit just because he'll they'll probably rely on him more for the running game just by proxy of having a less athletic running quarterback with Minshew. Um, But I do kind of foresee, so like the Colts, their new coach came from Philadelphia, right? That was their offense coordinator in Philadelphia, if I remember right. So, and then that was with a Jalen Hurts led offense. 
Now you have Anthony Richardson, who you could say is maybe somewhat kind of like a Jalen Hurts, maybe like a, you know, a young, not, not quite, but a younger version or maybe more athletic, but less of a passer. What I'm curious is to see what type of offense they run here in preseason. If they run a lot of RPO, um, I think it's going to be like good and bad for JT. It, I think I think it'll be good and bad for certain players. So like historically, when you look at rushing quarterbacks, they're generally not good for your starting running backs because what they tend to do is not dump the ball off in the backfield and give you those cheap receptions for your running back. But on the flip side, they tend to help your running backs when it comes to like yard per rush type metrics and their efficiency. So you like you could look at like J.K. Dobbins, for example, playing with Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins averages almost six yards a carry, and it's just ultra-efficient because that threat of the RPO with Lamar, with Lamar Jackson and giving it off to, to J.K. just is more efficient. I could see that happening with Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson. Um, and also, like, another benefit, if they do run that RPO-type type scheme with Taylor and Richardson, I could see maybe, like, one or two receivers getting hyper-targeted in that offense kind of like an A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. Um, so, like, if Richardson plays, I actually would not, from a fantasy standpoint, I would be okay with taking Michael Pittman just because I, I think he'll get hyper-targeted in that offense. Um, but long story short, what I'm trying to say is I think it's a little bit nuanced as to, like, who, how good Taylor's going to be. I think he'll probably be better initially with Gardner Minshew, and then when Richardson comes in, it'll probably be a little bit more of an adjustment. But yeah, that's long-winded way of saying I don't know yet. We got to see preseason. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Um, so next on the list, we have Will Levis for Tennessee Titans. Um, Jose, let's start it off with you, man. Will Levis. Yep, yep. Only thing good about him is his uh, beyond uh, gorgeous girlfriend. That's it, huh? That's about it. And he's he's stuck in a in a bad situation. They drafted the third round, you know, Malik Willis last year, and now they drafted him second round. So, who, who, what's Coach Staff gonna go with? Still got Tannehill at the helm, you know. So then they have you know a duel for a second, you know, for backup for sure. I mean, and. It, We'll, we'll see for sure. He's, he's in a sticky situation. I mean, does he get any playing time? Probably not. Yeah, is he be number three right now? Yeah. I mean, unless, unless he beats out Middle League Willis, you know, in preseason. But still, you're still behind Tannehill. So you're still a backup regardless. You don't want to be the backup backup. That's for damn sure. I mean, he ain't no Purdy. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I generally agree. I don't – I don't – I would be shocked, not shocked, but I don't think he really sees the field this year. Um, especially if, if the Titans are somewhat competitive, you know, going into it and they're they're in the hunt in the playoffs. I, I think it's all Tannehill. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, despite the injuries, I, I don't even see him. Maybe I don't even see him starting if, if uh, he doesn't get hurt. I mean, we all know Tannehill's history the last couple of seasons. Uh, but with Phyllis there, too. He'll have another year under his belt. It's got to be a real desperate situation for I think him to see it at all. So I don't, I don't, I don't see any fantasy value out of him unless something 
really shines. If Messi really shines in preseason and he, he's throwing four touchdowns in all three games, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got to put him on the back burner type. Like maybe draft him for a keeper the following year. I don't know if Tannehill's situation, uh, or his contract situation. And then maybe, you know, he sits one year and then they go the younger route. So, yeah, I don't, I agree with you now. I don't, I don't see anything. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Titans schedule too, and they they got kind of a soft schedule, man. Like they got new at New Orleans week one versus the Chargers week two at home, Tennessee at Cleveland versus Cincinnati. I mean, that's probably the toughest stretch. And they got Indiana, Baltimore at bye week, and then Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. They're gonna be bad this year. Jackson. Talking about man, Baker's over there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. And then Carolina, Indiana. I mean, yeah, uh, I think there's a good shot that they're probably decent this year. Their defense has always been pretty solid. Yeah. Their defense. I mean, I think we talked about this before. They win those ugly, crappy games yeah. because you know why? Derrick Henry saves them. Uh, I mean, the guy just carries the ball 30 times a game, and all of a sudden, if they have the ball in the last possession and they win oh. by that field goal, and it's just so ugly, the game tend to Ten to seven. I mean, those games are their games are so boring to watch. Like if I see Tennessee, if I ever see if I ever see Tennessee on a game of the week, I'm shutting it off. There ain't no way I'm watching that game, man. They, Tennessee, there's no you're, you're gonna get no excitement out of those games. Man. You guys remember last season when they kept spoon feeding us the Denver Broncos in every primetime matchup? <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> They got the flex, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> flex them out, man. Oh man. Um, so there was one. There's one question I forgot to ask you guys back on Anthony Richardson. Um, this is just a quick question for you guys. So Anthony Richardson, out of all the four quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, I think he's like the most fantasy viable guy. So Jose, let's start with you, man. Like, is Anthony Richardson on the radar for you in fantasy? And if he is, what round do you think he's worth? Nah, I mean he has Pittman. I mean yeah, he has JT, but JT's not you know perennial you know pass catcher. You know, you know he runs it for sure. But for me, it's not. I've seen I've seen some postings on Twitter and little TikTok things that some people had you know Anthony Richardson as a top fifteen fantasy quarterback, which you know kind of blows my mind. But I mean, whatever reasons they have, they have you know. It just, I mean, a rookie quarterback. And, and see the first round picks, obviously first, second, not him being fourth picks. They don't have a short lease. They can do whatever they want. They can go out there and throw three interceptions, and they're not going to get pulled because we got to see what they have, you know. <clears throat> so I mean, will it break them? Some sometimes it breaks a quarterback, but for some, I mean, they they can get better and improve. I mean, but for fantasy wise, I mean, I wouldn't touch him. I mean, unless he's at the fields. You know, of, of quarterbacks where he's using his legs and getting, you know, over 100 yards a game. But even Fields, I mean, and he's kind of – everybody has him as a top, you know, 10 you know, quarterback for fantasy. But if you if you were to put – if you were to rank the quarterbacks just in general at a quarterback, he'd probably be top – or bottom, like bottom eight, you know? <laughs> like real-life quarterback? Yeah, you just just rank the quarterbacks in general. He'd probably like bottom eight. So but just because fantasy-wise – Fantasy wise, oh yeah, he's a top top five, top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now you depend on the guy's legs. Now you know you hope he gets that that one yard touchdown. You know, so I mean, 
like I said, these, these rookie quarterbacks, especially being a top five pick, oh, they're, they're going to do whatever they want. You know, you can make as many mistakes as they want. Yeah, I hear you. Paul, what do you think, man? Is he on the radar? I think he has fantasy value towards the end of your draft. I think he's one of those guys you take at the end. Uh, the only thing is try, having to stash him for so long. For me, I, you know, for me, I'm looking at, like, keepers for the following season. So, you know, we're not – maybe he doesn't get to start right away or maybe you try to – maybe he doesn't get drafted and then he starts to, you know, pick up towards the middle of the season. And it all, it's always on how you finish. Look at Trevor Lawrence last season. You know, I mean, the guy hit the waivers. I mean, people are picking him off the waivers. But it's how you end the end of the season to make for the following season. So I mean, if he end, I mean, if he could end, you know, the end of uh, end of next season on on a hot streak, or you know, he's he's running like like Fields did, you know, then yeah, I mean, he, he could be worth cheaper late value. I mean, he's, he's late round value. So I mean, if he's one of your last picks in the draft, I mean, you don't mind. I mean, you're looking for you when you're drafting that late, you're looking for something like that, and we don't know what to expect from him. So he could be one of those guys that. You know, a low a low risk, and you get a high reward type battle. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you can draft later in the round. Yeah. Now, now this year, this year I'm gonna say no, but next year I'll say yes. Reason being, usually end of the first year of trade line or even second year, if a franchise sees a hey, this quarterback is going places and we don't have a perennial target for him, they always trade for him. You know. Uh, a wide receiver has gone to contract, you know, mishap or whatever on the team. Having with Hopkins when he when Kyle Murray got drafted. I mean, look at uh, recently Hurts. He got you know Brown from the, from the Titans. Like Titans, you gave away AJ Brown. I think for a second round pick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's highway robbery. You know, like come on, man. So I mean, I think next year you can have for sure a, a lot, a lot more value. So I mean, if you want to pick him up this year towards you know for a keeper end of the year. Hey, great. I mean, you seem to have that one good game, you know, you know, six, seventh, you know, week. You might want to grab him up and keep him because, I mean, he's going to have, you know, something to show for, you know, towards the end of the season for sure for next year. Yeah, those are all good points. Yeah, I definitely think Keeper, he could have some value for sure. Um, I don't know. You know, I kind of see some of the same stuff you guys see where, like, people are thinking he could be, like, a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Um I don't know. Like, I think sure, like, there's opportunity to do it. Probably the best rookie quarterback I've ever seen was like Cam Newton, his rookie year, where he was like the QB three that year. Um, I don't see that in Richardson, just because what I remember about Cam Newton, like, the guy was just an absolute superstar coming out of Auburn. Um, I think he won the national championship like the year before too. So like, I don't see that for Richardson, but I think, like you guys said, he's going to be like an end of the year kind of play. He'll get in eventually, and then you know he'll probably break off a couple of games, like a hundred yards rushing, um, and then you know maybe then we'll start to see some some momentum towards him being like the actual guy. But yeah, it's gonna be tough. So, all right, that um, does it for rookie quarterbacks. You guys have anything else to add before we move on? That's it. That's it. All right, guys. So that's it for rookie quarterbacks. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about handcuff running backs. So this is going to be interesting because we haven't talked really anything about handcuff running backs. We talked about all the starters and all the guys we want to draft in the first like three, four rounds. Um, but we don't ever talk about the guys at the back of the draft. So, Paul, I know you got the list of uh, handcuff running backs. Let's start it. Go ahead and start it off, man. Like, who should we talk about first? 
honestly, I kind of wanted to start from the top. Like, I want to go through a couple of teams. Like, let's just start from the top here, man. Because we all know, you know, Dan, uh, uh, Damian Harris is now in Buffalo. Uh, we all think he's going to be the starter. Uh, but James, uh, James, what? Yeah, James Cook is over there with him. Is, is he a, is he a handcuffable running back to Harris, or do you think he just Harris just takes the, you know, the bulk load of everything? James Cook had a couple of good games out there in Buffalo. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I, from the mocks that I've done and the rankings I look at, I think Cook actually goes before Damian Harris in the yeah. draft. And man, I, I think that there's potential for the Bills to make like an offensive shift away from using Josh Allen in goal line situations. And if that does happen, there's been some chatter about it, even from Josh Allen, about you know taking less risk in the red zone. If that happens, I honestly think it's going to be Damian Harris is going to be the main benefactor of goal line touches. He has a knack for the end zone. I think was it just a season ago he had like eleven touchdowns for the for the Patriots, and it was just the you know a savant in the red zone area. So I I get James Cook being like a second year running back. Why he's drafted highly because he has the passing the or the receiving chops. Um, and he looked pretty, he actually looked okay at the end of last season. Like he was pretty decent. Um, but man, I can't get away from Damian Harris. I just have a feeling he's going to be like really good. He's going later in the round to a fan. So I feel like you can, you can get Damian Harris, but you take, you take, you take Cook at the end of the, if you have the spot and you have the room, you, you take Cook, right? Yeah, that's tough. Have you guys ever heard of the ambiguous, ambiguous backfield theory? So, it's this theory about like when you have a team that has that doesn't have like a clear cut running back, and I might be butchering this. I hope I don't get this wrong, but if you have these tough choices where you have a running, you have multiple running backs that could potentially be like the guy, um, and it's generally not clear. But what what the analytics shows that over time, if you take the running back that is generally drafted the highest in fantasy, so in this case it'd be like James Cook they tend to work out like they tend to score more fantasy points that season than the other, like one or two running backs behind them. Um, and in that case, that would lean more towards James cook being the actual guy to, to be like the RB one in this offense. Um, if you were to follow that theory, but man, like I said, all the reasons I just laid out for Damian Harris, I could see him being the one. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. tough. Yeah. What you going to say on that? Harrison Cook. What? Harrison Cook, the handcuff. You mean you take? Oh, let's turn this up. Uh, far as Harris, I wouldn't touch him. Oh, I would draft. I would just draft Cook. I wouldn't even draft both of them. I just draft one. I mean that that offense is. Uh, shaky at running back. You don't know who to start, who's going to perform. I mean, it's, it's crazy over there. You know, all, we all know Allen likes to run it, pass it himself. So <clears throat> it's tricky. Even if you had one of those guys, would you even start him? I mean, maybe now with two flexes, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Brian says, I think Damian Harris has you know, the upside of being. Yeah you, see, yeah, you start Damian Harris, and that's the game Cook goes off, and vice versa. <laughs> you know, you know, it happens all the time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't touch. 
I know. Just that, that running back, that team, just that staff alone, just crazy. Uh, how they use them, how they you know, utilize them for sure is not good. As far as any, as far as any of the handcuffs, hey, if you ever pick your first running back in the top round, you better, you better get that, you better get that back up. You better get the back up for somebody else does, because then now you're looking like a fool. Your, your number one, you know, pick gets injured, or your number one running back gets injured, and somebody else got the backup. Let's talk about the biggest question mark on handcuffs. Let's let's say you draft Alvin Kamara, right? And we all know. Got a little something going on with, you know, could get suspended. It's still in here. I read a report. I mean, how soon you pull the trigger soon on getting Jamal uh, Jamal Williams there, right? I mean, that's. I mean, if you draft if you draft tomorrow, you got to draft Williams, right? You you would think. Yeah, I think you, you would have, think. I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and uh, one of the uh, Kendry Miller, the rookie, is on the pup list too today. Yeah. So, um. Let's say hypothetically, like like Kamara gets six games suspension, and and Kendry's on the pup list. I think, man, <laughs> Jamal Williams, he's like a he's a starter. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about he could be RB one for you, like the first <laughs> yeah. six, seven weeks of the season. Yeah, seriously. That's, yeah, he would. Even at seeing, that, he would be I'm, a good handcuff too. I'm seeing Kamara going in average, like fifth round. It's been the average fifth round. I don't know in our league, people are going to see Kamara. Kamara's still out there. I'm taking him. But we don't you know, know that, about the legal issue on that. You know, the, the handcuff situation is always tricky because you can you can draft him or you can pick somebody up, you know, second week, whatever. You keep him on your bench for four or five weeks to get A, you know, just, just in case just in case a starter gets injured, then you drop him. And then, boom, whatever is hit, that quarter that running back got injured that week. Now you feel like an idiot. That was all the time. Like I just, I just had him. I just had him. That's the worst. Yep. Feeling. You know, that somebody else got him. You know, and or or you just somebody dropped him on a, on a Friday. You got him Sunday right before the game. Just picked him up just in case. And there you go. You know, eleven thirty news. So so tore ACL. I just got this guy. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Alexander Madison was the one always kind of getting drafted because everybody knew that Dalvin Cook always missed a couple of games. And mm-hmm. he, was always, he was always one of the running backs that you would see drafted at the end of the season yeah. or at the end of the uh, at the end of everybody's draft board. You know, I'm like, yeah. I, I think I I think I I I saw him get drafted in the last three the, the last three seasons for sure. Hey, no, that, that's a perfect that's a perfect example because you would probably just do the research on him in our league. He probably got picked up and dropped ten plus times. Everybody's waiting, everybody's waiting for that one or two weeks because you know he can give you that tw- those 20 points. You know? yep. I'll take I'll take him. Because every, every time he started, every time he started, it feels like that guy went and got, you know, 25 points plus. Yeah. Every time almost. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that that Kamara situation, that's a sticky one, man. I feel like when if you draft him, I feel you got to get Williams right away, man. He's not one he can – you can wait a couple rounds. Um Especially because if, if, if he does get suspended, then you do got Jamal Williams right there. And even when he does come back from suspension tomorrow, you just see how it plays out. You know, because you know they're still going to use uh, Williams in the backfield um, when they're both back there. But it's just, yeah, it's, you're going to get you're going to get Kamara in the fifth round. You got to you got to take almost almost back to back. I feel because you know it's, it's that name there. Everybody knows it. So I, I feel the back to back handcuff there. 
Anybody else got anybody on on, on those two? On those two, no. But I, I'll move on to uh, oh, Ryan. You got anything on those two or no? Uh, the only question I had for Camara and in fantasy family league over under fourth or let's say over under fifth round. Does he go prior to the fifth or does he go after the fifth? He goes fifth prior. I think he goes prior just because of his name. Somebody's gonna be like, "You guys let me get Kamara in the third, fourth round." You guys are nuts. That's what I keep thinking, man. I, I do mock drafts. And I'm like, man, there's no way Kamara's making it to me in the sixth round. Like, there's no, there's no way. <laughs> there's no, way. No, you know why? I got my boy Ant Royster who's taking six, six straight running backs, and he's going to be his number six running back right there. You know what might be more realistic in these mock drafts I'm doing is if I just automatically assign him to Ant. In like the fourth, <laughs> fifth round, that'd be more realistic. No, like, he, he, he's for sure. Him. Ant's getting him. I'm telling you that right now. He's, he's for he's sure going him. in the fourth or fifth. Book it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, we'll go ahead, Jose. You had a you had a handcuff tandem. Yeah, I'd say any of the quarter or any of the running backs that uh had a contract, you know, problems right now. Right, we're gonna get into that. You know, whoever's whoever's behind. Uh, with Thun- Thunder Thighs over there. Kawhi, what's his name? Saquon? Yeah, Saquon. I think it was an old, old Niner running back. Matt Breida. Yeah, Matt Breida. He didn't do too bad when, you know, Barkley was out for a week or two. But then uh, I think the Raiders have rookie, was Zamir White or something like that? Yeah. Uh, Zeus. So, so, I mean, I mean, you got to look at that. I mean, these guys, you know, pull a little hamstring, get a little hurt. I mean, if I want a franchise tag, I'm not coming back in. I'm gonna play this out. Go ahead, go ahead, and, you know, take my reps. I'm trying to get paid. Yeah. If I was somebody that drafted Josh Jacobs or Saquon, I would make sure to handcuff him. Oh yeah. Like definitely. Like it'll be easier to handcuff Saquon. Like Brita is like such a late pick, but uh, for Jacobs, I don't know. Zamir White, I could see him climbing and being like, you know, maybe like a 12th or 13th round pick. And so our draft being early, and we're already talking about Ed. I think Ed was taking him, or who was taking him in my league? Say, uh, Ed. Yeah, I think Ed. Ed. Does it? I think it changes. I mean, you, you know, you, you go in there questionable. You want to make sure, especially with the number five pick, you want to make sure that pick's going to play every week. And you don't want to have somebody sitting out. Man, even if he sits out three weeks, man, that still hurts. So maybe he changes his pick there. Uh, I mean, the draft, I mean, he falls. He falls a little bit later. Yeah. I mean, is he still? I mean, still first round, right? You think? Who Jacobs? No, no, we're talking about uh, Saquon. Saquon? Yeah, I think he's still. I think so, yeah. I think so. I like so. The thing about Saquon, I don't think there's going to be any holdout. Like I, I, I meant to bring this up when we talked about in the news. I don't think there's going to be a holdout at all. He's still going to get paid ten million dollars this season. Um, I would just worry more about like as the season presses on and if he picks up like some knickknack injuries or something, what happens, you know, which is why I would want to handcuff him. I don't know, man. He tore his ACL once. I mean, got to be in his head. Remember, you got to think about it. I need to get paid. because If I tear my ACL again, it could be the last contract you ever see. Yeah. So, I mean, he's already went through it. He, he already knows the hard work it took for him to get back to where he was. And he, he he balled out. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, better safe than sorry with Saquon. He has. I, I I think he holds out a little bit, man. It's 
to be tough. I and Jacobs, do you think he holds out? I, I don't know. I mean, dude, this is just so tricky, especially with my draft being August twelfth. You know, so early in the season, we're not seeing no, we're not seeing that many preseason games out of these guys. Uh, they don't play in the preseason anyways, but just just knowing that, man, if you if they if they say officially like say a third preseason game, like all the other drafts take uh, take part in. Yeah, he's, he's holding out two weeks or something. And then right off the bat, you're like, man, I, I use a first round, a guy that's not going to play for the first three weeks. It's a yeah, sticky situation, rough. man. Like, I don't want to be the guy that's like, man, my guy, I, I, I use a first round pick on a guy who's sitting. Yeah, so, that's rough. I don't know. It definitely complicates things for sure. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like Jose's talking about, you want to handcuff those other guys. Uh, Pretty early. Another one I wanted to talk about where was the uh, – oh, yeah, out there in Chicago. I know they got a running quarterback, but you got Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman. How do you feel about those? And I think it's Khalil Herbert going going first in the average uh, mock draft that I'm going in. But uh, how soon of a handcuff are you taking uh, Foreman? I mean, he's, he's been pretty solid the last couple of seasons. You just got to give him Yeah, I've seen that on Twitter, and I read some things Foreman said. He said straight up, I'm, I didn't come here to be the backup. I'm taking the, I'm taking, I'm taking the starting role. I was like, okay. Yes. Okay. I love the confidence. You know? So, hey, we'll, hey, we'll see what happens. I'm going to say he, he bought out the last eight weeks or so for the Panthers. You know, the guy was a high pick when he got drafted for the Texans. You know, just, you know, bad luck of the draw, you know, in his career so far. So if he if he plays like he did the last six seven weeks on the on the Panthers, shit, hey, he's he gonna get that spot. You think uh, you don't believe in Khalil Herbert anymore? You think he's had his chance? Or that's it's tough to say. I mean, he's been he's been with that team. They drafted him, and if some some guy comes in and takes his spot, I mean, you lose a lot of confidence for sure. I mean, nothing, nothing guaranteed. You know, they can just give it to you. And the guy's not big. You know what I'm saying? He's not like a big running back. The guy's pretty small. Yeah, I have a feeling one of those running backs is going to hit, whether it's Herbert, Foreman, or, or Roshan Johnson. I just don't know which one. You know, I like if I'm if I was going to bet on this, I think Herbert gets the first crack at the at the starting job just because he's he's the vet. He's been with that team for a few years. Um, but yeah, I mean, Foreman looked great last season. I could see him being definitely being a factor. He's probably the biggest running back out of all of them too. So um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> He's worth. Uh, I put it this way: Foreman is definitely worth rostering just to take the shot. You know. Yeah, yeah. I see him going for in like the mid rounds, like kind of earlier than I expected in some, in some drafts. Like it just in my mock drafts, he's going kind of early, and I'm thinking in some of my leagues, I'm like, oh, I'll get Foreman later. Man, it, he's going pretty high, in my opinion. In some of these, these mock what's drafts. he? What's he ranked at? Let me take a look. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, now I'm curious, like, just what his rank is. But you um, see, have you noticed the trend on the running backs we're talking about? Like these handcuffs. Like, yeah, Khalil Herbert's going to get the first crack at. I think I, I, I agree with you with that. But how long does he get? You know, I mean, it's just two games, and then right away they just they just hand the keys. Foreman. I, I'm very high on Foreman. I've had him the last two seasons. Uh, um, Carolina. And who did he play for before that? He played for somebody else before Carolina. I can't remember. 
Oh man, Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, and, and then when yeah, yeah uh, Derrick Henry got hurt, yeah, he filled those shoes real. I mean, it wasn't Derrick Henry, but he filled up, he filled that backfield pretty nicely. So I mean, he, he, give, if, if you give this guy a shot, I think he's gonna shine. And if he gets yeah. that opportunity, I think he could be the RB one type of type of running back. But with him, he's the type of running back that needs the carries. He's gonna tire that defense now. He's not that. Uh, I mean, yeah, he can. I don't think he's going to break one and outrun a lot of guys because he's a bigger running back. But, yeah, he, he, he'll wear you down for sure. Yeah, he's a RB48, according to Fantasy Pros. I didn't realize he's only 26. Hey, yeah, he's, he's still fresh. I mean, I think his first yeah. three seasons with uh, with Houston, he didn't play. So you got to take three seasons off of him. So he's a fresh running back. Yeah, it'll be interesting. He's a bruiser, man. Like, I could, he could – he might end up being the guy that gets all the high value touches in the red zone. So, yeah, that's he's interesting for sure. Yeah, that's a for sure. Good. That's a for sure. Khalil, if you get in Khalil Herbert, you're, you're taking Foreman out of hand as a handcuff for sure. Yeah, uh, that's that's guaranteed. Here's here's one, Ryan. Uh, let me see uh, how much you like this one. Um, there's always there's talk about uh, Javante Williams coming back. Uh, he's, he's coming back strong, um, and it looks like. He might even be ready by week one, week two. But Samaje Free Ryan. Mm-hmm. I mean, whoa. <laughs> that they're drafting like right after each other. Like yeah. <laughs> what what do you think of that tandem there with with handcuffs? It's like, oh Samaj. I mean, I think I think Javante Williams, when he tore his, I think they he his his knee is bad, bad. I think it's yeah. an MCL, ACL, TCL, PCL. It said everything was there. The whole knee was shot, huh? And the whole alphabet was gone. The UFC, and, PCP. <laughs> so, I mean, so to, see how he, to see how he really is, who knows? But they have a plethora of running backs back there. So he, just to even have any of them is kind of shaky. That that team didn't do so well with they had Russell Wilson. You know, everybody in the world thought they were going to be, you know, B's knees, and they were complete opposite. So I mean, we'll we you have to see what happens with that with that team for sure. I mean, I mean, who do you draft out of all of them? Yeah, I, I would draft you know P Ryan or or any of them. You know, Javante come back to ACL. I'm like, I wouldn't draft him. I mean, if he falls to like the eighth round, ninth round, yeah, I, I'd take I'd take consideration. That, that's worth that's worth the pickup for a potential starter. But I mean, I, I mean, I'd take P Ryan before any of them for sure. I mean, you can probably get P Ryan what, RB one. If he's on that team, RB one probably. If if Javante yeah. Williams isn't playing, oh yeah, I think I mean, you could probably get in what seventh round, eighth round probably. I think he's going higher than that. What do you what do you, what do you got him at there, Ryan? P Ryan, yeah, he's right in that that round eight, seven, eight, nine range. Like on a lot of the mocks I see, um, I think he's worth it, man. Like that's the guy. I think that's the guy you want for Denver this year. Um, just you know, especially um, with their new coach. Just the type of offense they're going to run. I think Piran's a guy, and and then like like Jose talked about uh, Williams' injury, man. Like it was like the worst of the worst for the knee injury. So it's been, I think it's about to be a year of recovery for him. Um, but I, you know, I don't think we see like a legitimate Javante Williams run until like at least midseason, in my opinion. Um, that's tough. I would take P. I bet Piran's going to be. Like a like a sol- like a rock solid RB two in the beginning of the season. 
And then if Williams never comes back to full strength, then it'll just be P. Ryan all season. Yeah, I think that could be one of the steals of the draft. I agree. Well, yeah, I like P. Ryan. Just what he did when you know he took over a couple of games uh, with Joe Mixon out. Just the way he, you know, just, I mean, he, he can do it all, man. P. Ryan's so underrated. Like people, they don't even look his way, man. <laughs> <laughs> like when the guy gets his opportunity, I think every time he's had a chance, he shines. So yeah, I definitely think P. Ryan's the guy. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know Javante uh, Williams' his injury was that bad. Like you guys are making the same, but if it's that bad, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, we're staying away from that. Yeah, um, I, I tend to not draft players that are already hurt because they're. I'm gonna have guys that get hurt anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on that IR, man. That's why you get two. That's why Ant. That's why Ant made his vote for it. We got I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll draft a guy that won't play the entire year and stuff about that. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I saw about. I think I saw like two more, three more. That were kind of interesting. What about the J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards uh, tandem there? I mean, you think you think J, uh, J.K. just holds it down? I mean, I know Gus Edwards had a couple games, and they're both coming in this season healthy. Too, too, too many too many mouths to feed, man. You gotta feed, you know, Jackson. You gotta feed Dobbins. You know, I mean, just too too many mouths to feed. I mean, you gotta be ready. I mean, that's for sure, handcuff. Because you've seen Dobbins get hurt the past two years. You know, and Gus Edwards. I think he got hurt too. One season, did he not? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he had. So, he had so it's like, yeah. 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 So I mean, it, that that whole backfield just 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 tricky, just as as the uh, Bills or even even the Eagles' backfield. I mean, they they, they play a, a straight up, you know, running back committee for sure. I would say so. I, I you're right. Like it's it's kind of a muddy picture. I think this is the year to have J.K. Dobbins. If you're gonna be in on that backfield, this is the year to do it. With J.K. being Oh, well over a year removed from his knee injury, um, which his injury was a pretty nasty one too, kind of like Javonta Williams. But is that, that bad? It was it was bad. He yeah he had multiple ligament tears um, on that injury. But the flip side and Saquon was the same thing. Like he had he had a really bad injury too. But J.K. is kind of like Saquon from last season, where he's coming into the second year of recovery. That's why I think like this is the year to get J.K. Dobbins. Um, Gus Edwards also too is well over a year removed from his knee injury. Um, what I would say about, since we're talking about handcuffs, I think depending on your league, I think Gus Edwards is going to have some fantasy value and will be worth, will definitely be worth rostering. But let's just use our, our league, for example, fantasy family, having two flex spots. I would not be shocked if somebody is starting Gus Edwards in one of those flex spots, like for a few weeks. Um, as we deal with injuries and things like that, and Gus Edwards, he's not, you know, he's not the most explosive back, but the guy gets like pretty regularly will get, you know, 10, 11, 12 touches and will have like a 50 50 shot at a touchdown. Um, I, you know, I, in our league, I think he absolutely has value. Most other maybe standard fantasy leagues, um, he'll be a decent, you know, backup handcuff. If Dobbin gets hurt, then you could pretty much count on. Edwards getting a bulk of the carries for sure. And just the fact that they didn't add anybody to that running back room is really surprising. Like they're, they're rolling with Dobbins and Edwards. 
So, which is a good sign. <laughs> so you don't think uh, what Justin Hill or that's nah. his name? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's still, he'll get maybe three touches a game, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like I think, like I said, there's a lot of, man, just with Lamar Jackson, I mean, JK, I don't know. I, I You really think, uh, you really think Gus Edwards gets drafted and thinks he starts starting in a flex spot? I think so. Like the reason why I say that, I, I say that for for our league in particular with two flexes, because we're, this is what's going to happen. We're going to get to like week eight, week nine, and do we're like some of our teams are going to have sustained so many injuries that we're just going to be willing to start any like any guy with a pulse <laughs> is going to be in that second flex spot. That's I say that because that's what happened to me last season. I was start, dude. I literally started. Mark Andrews, and then in my second flex spot, I started Greg Dulcich. Because you started two tight ends? I started two tight ends because I had nobody. Like, and so that's what I'm saying. Like Gus Edwards, I could see like if I would if I had that team again, and I had somebody like Gus Edwards that I knew was going to get like ten touches, maybe get 40, 50 yards, and have a shot at a touchdown, I would have gladly put that dude in the flex and just rolled with it, you know. But uh. That that's just my opinion. I, I think with our format, Gus Edwards will have some value. Well, I, I want to give you guys this one's going to be really messy. This backfield, and there might even be multiple handcuffs on this one. What do you think about where are they at? The Philadelphia Eagles backfield. We're talking. You're, <laughs> yeah, you already know the Philadelphia Eagles. We're talking about uh, Rashad Penny. You got Swift. And you still got Gainwell. Like, uh, which run, first of all, first of all, which running back's going first? I know we haven't hit preseason. Let's just say, in your your opinion, which running back, which running back is most likely to probably take that number one, like the head spot in the running back? You know, right now Gainwell is pissed off. <laughs> you know, he's pissed off. Yeah, he brought brought in Rashad Penny. My boy played his heart out last season. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. He didn't took over for Miles Sanders. Yeah. And you gonna bring in two new guys? Nah, I mean, yeah, he, I know he pissed off. But I guess I, that's another that's another team I wouldn't touch. You know, especially with you know Jalen Hurts, you know, commanding the ball, you know, towards the goal line a lot. I just I just can't see it. You got Hurts too touching that. I mean, you just yeah. that that is probably honestly, I think that might be the messiest backfield kind of play around with. I mean, I think even like you're saying, right? Like you say, okay, let's just say both Rashad Penny and Swift are healthy. Are they good? Possibly be in somebody's flex as a number two flex on, on most teams just because you're going off the name. We all know what Penny can do when he's healthy. I mean, and then you throw Gainwell. Is there a possibility, check this situation, is there a possibility where Gainwell, Swift, and Penny are in three on three different teams in somebody's second flex <laughs> in one week. Probably. <laughs> oh man. And then if, if they're playing the if they're playing the New York Giants, somebody's gonna be starting Boston Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Boston, yeah. And that's Boston Scott's the one that goes for two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah always uh, against the Giants. Always. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like um that backfield is it's tricky. It, um so if we look at ADPs, DeAndre Swift is first off the board for that, that backfield. And then after that, it's uh, Rashad Penny. 
and then Kenny Gainwell. And then Boston Scott, he he's usually like undrafted. <laughs> so um would it shock you if Kenny Gainwell was actually the starter though? After the Super Bowl run, I mean obviously they didn't win, but he was by far their best running back. You can do it all, man. The guy can yeah. catch the ball, the guy can run between the tackles. Like Jose said, like I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. What you bring these two bums in here for? Like like I got it. You know what I mean? Hey, I'd be like, go to the coach. Hey, me, man, me and Bobby Scott got this, man. Don't even bring us. You want to bring in two running backs that can't stay healthy, and you're gonna I mean, I yeah, they're talented, don't get me wrong. But after what I just did, come on, man. I mean, we had a couple prop bets on that guy. We did, yeah. And, and he, he paid hit, off. He, he paid. I think he's all. He hit two of them. I think he was in, yeah. uh, in two prop bets, and we hit them both. Yeah, him and him and Devonta Smith were solid, man. Um, I could see, you know, Gainwell goes late. Like I think he's like a round 10, 11 guy. Man, it wouldn't shock me though if he gets significant playing time. And then you know, we I I like the appeal of DeAndre Swift. Like I like the talent but the dude can't stay healthy. And then Rashad Penny is like the definition of not being able to stay healthy. Like, like he's electric for like eight weeks and then he breaks his hip and he's done. I'll never, I'll never forget trading him to Ant last season. I was just always hovering. I'm like, Hey man, I mean, Rashad is hot. Took three weeks. The guy had 150 yards, a touchdown every other game or two touchdowns one game. This guy's hot. Yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. And the very next week, boom. <laughs> Out for the season, I was like, dodge the bullet. Ah, oh, man, I was just – that was – it was just beautiful, man. It's just certain players you know, man. You just got to – all right, he's going to get hot for a couple weeks. And you got to get rid of him. got to yep. get rid of him. Yeah, that's the, that's the guy, man. Yeah, I – yeah, there's literally going to be four or five guys rushing the ball in this offense with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's a messy uh, situation. Handcuff situation. I, I don't, honestly, I don't think there is a handcuff situation in this backfield. I think you're just gonna have to let. You're just gonna if you're drafting later round. You and you have all all of them there. You just gotta take your pick on what you who you think is gonna be better. In my opinion, I think Gamewell is the best running back out of all of them because one, his health, main thing, and I think uh, he's probably you probably get him later um, compared to the other two running backs. And I think you use him later on in the season, like towards your playoff push and everything, because I know, I just know for a fact these guys are getting hurt, man. I, I, these other two running backs are getting hurt for sure. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the play, the way to play that backfield is to take whoever's the cheapest and just play it that way. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent on that. Like whoever's the cheapest is who I'll take. <laughs> All right, we got um, one. Let's go one more, Ryan. Uh, I don't know if it's too much of a handcuff. We, um, I know Damian Pierce had a, a crazy first couple. Let's say first half of the season. All right, yeah. they bring they bring in Devin Singletary. I mean, if if he doesn't, I mean, let's just say same thing happens. He's not. He, I mean, first half he's hot, and then he kind of dwindles down a little bit. Is is he a handcuff material or not? Um, potentially. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think they brought Singletary in for a reason. Um, so I, I know I brought this up on one of our other pods, but Singletary last season was like a top 10 or top 5 uh, PFF-ranked running back when it comes to blocking. Uh, 
So, and then on the flip side, Damian Pierce was like number 131 ranked out of 132 for, for blocking. So that's kind of like the macro way of looking at it, like saying they probably want more blocking from the running backs. But another thing I mentioned also a week ago is that running rookie running backs tend to be bad at blocking in NFL schemes. And then they generally tend to get better as they, you know, they age out. Like, so it's not the, not the, you know, end all be all for Damian Pierce. He'll probably be a better blocker next season. Um, Singletary's all right. Like if Pierce gets hurt, I think Singletary, um, we'll put it this way. Let's say Singletary is on the waiver wire and Pierce gets hurt and Singletary is going to be the main guy in the backfield. He'll probably be, the number one waiver ad for that week. Like just for the simple fact that he's going to get the, he'll most likely get most of the volume, like 18 touches at least. Um, and as far as like fab, like he'll be a guy that you drop, you know, 40% of fab or 50%. Oh, you don't blow the load on that. Type of guy. I wouldn't blow the load on that. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody, you know what, but somebody <laughs> probably, somebody probably would. Somebody so, would. Somebody would. You know, I think he's worth, I think he's worth it. Like if you have Damian Pierce and you want to back that up, I know it, it's, it's kind of like maybe uh, I want to say he's worth it, but maybe not. Cause the, the tech it's the Texans, but you know, I could see him picking up touches. Like if something happened to Pierce. All right. Yeah. That's all I got, man. Unless you have any, uh, anybody. Pick up yeah, I actually I do got one. Oh, okay. So I want to talk about Seattle backfield with Ken I, Walker. I saw it. I saw it, but I didn't want to bring it up. I know you're the Ken Walker oh. guy. No, that's but, okay. I mean, I, uh, I kept so I kept Ken Walker knowing that they drafted Zach Charbonnet. Um, what do you think about it first? What are your thoughts? Uh, I, it's a rookie running back coming in. I know this is Walker's second year. He's the old running back. They don't have they don't have anybody else back there, man. Um, as long I think as long as Walker stays healthy, I don't think. Yeah, we have anything to worry about in that on that backfield. Um, I think I think uh, he's going to get a couple touches here and there, but uh, I just don't see it with a. You know how Pete Carroll is, man. He's had Beast Mode back there, and when uh, uh, Chris Carson back there, and those guys were just bell cows for him. Yeah. So I think Kenneth Walker is going to be the bell cow, and just ease ease him in a little bit. You know, he's a rookie. I mean, like it's. Something drastically has to happen uh, to Kenneth Walker for, for that to be a handcuff, but I think all Kenneth Walker fans don't have anything to worry about, man. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you 100%. So if we just look at history with Pete Carroll, the guy is pretty old school, man. Like he, we, every, this happens every single year. We think we come into this to preseason, right? And we're like, oh, there's this running back, you know, it, it, like they had what? They had beast mode, right? So, and then behind him, they would have, what, Thomas Rawls? That was, like, the hot running back. Yeah. We're all no. like, like, this is the year. They're going to split touches. They're going to split touches. And like, no. They're they're using Marshawn Lynch. Like, like he's yeah. the guy. Yeah. And then the next season, it's like, oh, this is the Thomas Rawls show. But he's got Chris Carson behind him. They just took, you know, Chris Carson. He, he came out. Going to be the Chris Carson show. Nope. Thomas Rawls. It's like, it's going to be this guy. And then the, you know, the next year, Chris Carson's a starter, but man, we got this other rookie, we got this other running back behind him. Like, no, nope, it's Chris Carson. He's going to start. <laughs> like, and then, you know, it was, they had, you know, it's Chris Carson. They, then they take Rashad Penny in the first round. It's like, Oh, it's going to be Rashad Penny. They took him in the first round. Nope. It's Chris Carson. <laughs> first round talent. 
still riding the pine, man. I, so I mean, that right there proves our point. They took Charbonnet in the second. Everybody's like, oh my God, Char- second round pick. No way. You know, no, it doesn't matter, dude. It does not matter. Like, Ken Walker was there last season. He, sure, he was inefficient at times, but they had a shitty O line. He got sacked. You know, he would get taken down freaking two yards behind the line because his O line got blown up. Um, so yeah, he looked inefficient, but the guy is explosive, man. And those final like three, four weeks, the dude lit it up. Um, so with that being saying, like I agree with you. Like I don't think there's, I think there's too much panic around Ken Walker. He's what's going to come out. It's going to happen just like last season. They drafted Ken Walker in the second round, and everybody was like on Ken Walker. Uh, leaving Penny for dead. You, if you drafted Penny those first few weeks, it was typical Pete Carroll. Penny was the man, dude. <laughs> so, so it's the same. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna keep. It. As long as Pete Carroll's there, man, we already know the system. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many times. I think I got, I got saved by Kenneth Walker last season when he didn't do anything for a couple weeks. That's you know, it's yeah. not until second half kicks in and then he rips one for eighty yards and saves yeah. me. Saves the week for him. That guy is so explosive, like you said, man. All it takes is one out of him, and he can turn that fantasy scoreboard around. So. Yeah, I kind of think what the what the Charbonnet pick really means is that they've been burned so many times by running back injuries with like Penny and Carson. Yeah. Um, I think it's more of just them getting some insurance in the backfield because Charbonnet is good. Um, and if Walker were to go down, say Charbonnet's on the waiver wire, that. That's a pick. That's a guy you'd blow your load. The whole hundred percent of fab to get Charbonnet. Like he's that yeah. kind of guy. Take take all my fab. Take the keys yeah. to the car. Take yeah. You you put everything. It'd be everything. Yeah, yeah it would be everything. So from that standpoint, talking about handcuffs, he's probably worth stashing for a handcuff just in case. But do we expect him to have a role? Probably not much. Like I don't think he's playable at least initially. Yeah, one hundred percent. Cool. That's all I got, man. <laughs> That's it, man. I think we ran through a majority of the ones I kind of saw. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much we're pretty much good on handcuffs. All right. So, um, any viewers, if you guys got some handcuffs you want us to talk about, go ahead and drop a comment um, on Twitch or on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, um, there's there's more guys out there. There's more handcuffs. There's every backfield has handcuffs, but every backfield. Yeah, we could go on forever, but. Yeah, if you guys have anything for us, go ahead and drop some comments. Go ahead and like, subscribe. Um, if you're on Twitch or YouTube, we'd appreciate it. Um, that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you guys watching. Um, that's all I got. Any final words, Paul, before we take off? Go Raiders. Yep. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. Take it easy. See you next Wednesday. <laughs>